This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. And you are listening to Offspring, a podcast all about the anxieties of a parenting journey. This is episode 10, 10 Things I Love About You. As it stands, this is going to be the last episode of Offspring. Obviously, you never say never. I would be very interested in doing more episodes of the show in the future if listeners would like to hear more and if I have ideas for how the show could evolve a bit. But right now, I'll be taking a break for at least a little while and this is going to be the show's swan song. I mentioned a few weeks back that I have a bit of guilt over creating this series. Even though I found it to be a cathartic experience, I sort of feel a bit of guilt that I've thrown Ava under the bus a little bit and made it sound like parenting her has been an awful experience. So for this 10th and final episode, I wanted to change things up a bit and write a letter to my daughter. I warn you now, this is going to get a bit lovey-dovey, but I feel like I owe her that much. I don't know if she'll ever actually hear these shows, but I at least want to be able to address her directly if she does. So Ava... This final episode is for you. It's 10 things I love about you. Now, if you're wondering why dad has come up with this as a concept, there are two reasons. Firstly, the format is a bit of a joke. It's a lazy reference to a 1999 movie called 10 Things I Hate About You. And that movie was a big deal when I was a young teenager. And yes, your dad was a teenager in the 1990s. And believe me, it's scarier for me than it is for you. And I know there are plenty of other older millennials like me in the audience, so the reference is for their nostalgia. And darling, let me assure you, it really is a lazy, lazy reference. Because in the movie, the lead character reads a poem called 10 Things I Hate About You, and the whole twist is that the thing she hates the most is that she doesn't hate the guy she's writing the poem about at all. She loves him. So calling it 10 Things I Love About You is actually just incredibly redundant because, well, 10 Things I Hate About You is already a love poem. But there is more sincere symbolism to this chapter as well. Writing an episode solely about 10 positive things is my attempt to try and tip the ledger a little bit. 
I've done nine episodes that have focused on anxieties and challenges, which I'm worried has painted the wrong picture. Hopefully, if I can put forward 10 things I love about being your dad in the show, that means the tally of topics is actually 10 to 9 rather than 9 to 0 in the positive. Um, I'm not sure if that actually works, but hey, I'm going to give it a crack anyway. So as I say, here we go, Ava. Here are 10 things I love about you. Thing number one, your evil laugh. Look, Ava, you have an incredible laugh at the best of times. It's so expressive, it's so loud, and it's readily available for us to hear when you're in a good mood. For a kid that'll be 18 months old when this episode comes out, it's remarkable the sense of humor you already have. Look, I've met some dim toddlers with the sense of humor of a turnip, but you find a lot of things funny. And that's awesome. The thing I love the most, though, is how you have a warped sense of humor that's already showing itself now. I often do a thing with toddlers where I pretend to give them something and then pull it away. It's lowbrow, but it amuses me. And honestly, I've taken it too far a few times and made kids cry, but you don't need to know about that necessarily. I'm not proud of that, but it's happened. But not only have I not made you cry with it, you've started doing it to everyone else and you give a hearty evil cackle when you pull the item away. Now, I probably shouldn't encourage it, but that's just funny. Just like it is when I'm holding you trying to smile and you push my face away repeatedly or when you cover my face with a towel to play peekaboo or when you're having a bath and you start splashing everyone else. I'm very proud that my girl has a bit of a cynical sense of humor before the age of two and I love it about you. Thing number two, your clapping. When we have been trying to reward you with positive reinforcement, clapping has been wonderfully useful. You love getting a round of applause from people around you. I truly think that we sped up your transition from crawling to walking by about 75% just by indulging your ego with hearty applause. But what I like about it now is how you'll tell us when you think you've done something really good and that we aren't acknowledging by actually giving yourself a round of applause. Mainly, I love it because I think it's funny. I appreciate the sass that you're aiming at us when you do something like throwing a ball or standing, often in places like a high chair where we don't want you standing. And when you are met with silence, you force the issue by clapping. That's just good material. At the risk of massively projecting, though, I also like that you're already demonstrating a level of confidence in your achievements. Heaven knows that uh, your dad is cripplingly insecure, and I don't want you to have that. I mean, obviously, I don't want you to be a narcissist either. We have too many of those in the world as it is. But there is a middle ground, and I think you're navigating that middle ground pretty well already. And that makes me very, very proud. Thing number three, when you sleep. Of all the things that you could have inherited from me, I really wish that you hadn't inherited my dislike of going to bed. I hate going to bed, but I also hate being tired. And it turns out that you're the same. 
getting you to go to sleep without taking you for a drive or something has become increasingly challenging because you don't want to miss out on all the exciting stuff that's happening at night, like watching TV or playing Xbox or people talking and you not being able to take part. I understand that, but like, it still sucks. You don't want to be like me when you're older, darling. It's, it's not a good way to be. So when you go to sleep, it's such a relief and I just love you so much, but it's not only relief. I'm not that sad. When you do go to sleep, it's a sight to behold. You're so peaceful and beautiful, but you're also remarkably active and loud. You're actually pretty good at sleeping through the night with only a couple of disturbances, which is insane because you can find yourself shifting from one end of the cot completely. Or if you're in bed with us, you somehow take up more of the bed than anyone because you'll sleep horizontally rather than vertically. You're an absolute mystery when you sleep, but you're a good sleeper generally. And given what other parents tell me, that makes you as close to a miracle baby as is humanly possible. Thing number four, when you wake up, you won't remember this, but the mornings are time for us to hang out. Your mum doesn't like mornings, so most of the time I'm the one that gets you up once you've had enough of being alone in your room. And don't get me wrong, I would like to sleep in more some days. But I also love being able to come and pick you up from your bed with your dossy eyes and your messed up hair. I love how you stand up and put your arms out, how you wait for me to make you a bottle and then hand me your dummy so politely when it's time for your breakfast drink. I like the mornings generally because they are peaceful. Sometimes I'm shattered and I'm a bit slow at getting my brain moving, but it doesn't generally matter. You sit on me with your milk, I sit there with my coffee, and it's our time together. I'm not good at putting you to sleep anymore, unfortunately, but I'm good at being awake with you in the morning. And yeah, as I say, even though I do look forward to being able to sleep in a bit more one day again, I know I'll miss these times when they're inevitably over and you're a teenager wanting to sleep into one and you're getting mad at me for making noise at the ungodly early hour of, I don't know, 11 a.m. You will have a lot of it.
hope when you are sad, you won't be ashamed to cry. And I hope when you are mad, you won't keep it all inside. And I hope you'll know that feeling bad's a normal part of life. Still, I hope you'll be happy most of the time. Yeah, I hope you are happy. favorite teacher at daycare. I don't know why this one tickles me so much, but it just does. From the first day Aroha started at your daycare, you were instantly taken with her and she became your best friend there. And don't get me wrong, Aroha is super kind and lovely and we understand why you're so fond of her. She's the best. But there is something so sweet and so endearing about the way that you decided so very early on that she was the teacher for you and you stuck to her like glue from the moment she started in your room. It's so specific, and it's a continuation of the way you decide who you like quite quickly, and then you sink your talons into them so they have no choice but to fall in love with you too. Thing number six picking you up from daycare while we've touched on daycare i can't really continue this list without putting this point in there i don't pick you up every day from daycare your mum and i probably split it about 50 50 at the moment but when i do it's always the other best part of my day waking up with you in the morning being the first it's remarkable how i can come in to pick you up frazzled tired depressed or feeling some other heavy negative emotion weighing me down at the moment you spot me, your face explodes into a huge smile and you run towards me with your arms unfurled. And even a cold-hearted, miserable person like myself thaws when this happens and I become instantly so much lighter. Another truly amazing thing about it has also been the way that you've learned to recognize me when I come to get you, even though I have to wear a mask now. I thought that when we had to start wearing masks all the time into daycare, it would be kind of scary for you, but you picked it up in no time. If you're in the front room when I arrive, I can tap on the window and you'll instantly recognize me, mask and all, and toddle towards the door as fast as your little legs will take you. It's just astonishing to me. So 
as well as feeling impossibly loved, I also feel impossibly awestruck by how your little brain has decoded my face with a mask on at such a young age. It's incredible. Thing number seven, that this is one of your favorite songs. You know what it's all about! Yes, you like the Wiggles. And no, you haven't been quite as taken with Bad Religion as I hoped you might be. But you love this song, which is amazing because it's the entrance theme for Adam Cole in AEW. I always hope that one day in the future I could introduce you to wrestling. The fact that you've instantly connected with something so profoundly AEW gives me hope that we can skip the WWE garbage altogether and go straight into the good stuff. I mean, I might be ambitious, but a man can dream, right? Seriously though, darling, you won't appreciate how cool it is that the wrestler you seem to like the most at the moment is Adam Cole. And admittedly, wrestling is hyper nerdy and not cool at all. Um, And admittedly, you probably don't care in the slightest. It's about him and it's just you happen to really like the song. But that's great in itself. And you know what? I'm going to make the connection anyway. That is such good taste, my little girl. I am so proud of you. He's such a great choice. If I can get you to like Kenny Omega and Hikaru Shida and MJF next, and maybe get you to develop an appreciation for Sting's legacy, then we're really going to be on to something. Thing number eight, the way that you and Barney are pals. From the moment your mum got pregnant, Barney loved you and was looking out for you. He sensed the change in your mum instantly and would start resting his head on her belly right from the outset so he could listen to you. When we brought you home, he was protective of you and he was so gentle with you right from the first second. He would lie down next to you, so proud to be your dog. He's been a bit displaced and I have no doubt that's been a bit hard for him because He was the most precious thing in our lives before you came along, and he was spoiled in the most ludicrous ways. But he's handled it pretty well. He still follows you around. He is gentle with you, even when you're less than gentle with him. You've pulled on him a bit hard multiple times, and he's always just given you a little lick to ask you to stop. I love that since you've begun to understand that he's also part of the family, you've embraced him. You love standing next to him with your arm on him and staring into his eye since he's at eye level with you. You also love feeding him from your high chair, even when we plead with you not to. In fact, I think that's when you like it the most. It breaks my heart that because he's four, realistically, he's probably nearly halfway through his life and he won't be with you forever. But I love that in your formative years, you're going to have this lovely, gentle, friendly, goofy best friend who will do anything for you and that you love him so much in return. Thing number nine, the way you throw a ball. Look, every parent thinks their kid is the greatest athlete on earth. I don't want to be that guy that thinks because his baby girl can lob a ball that she's going to be opening the bowling for New Zealand in 20 years. 
I mean, I hope you play sports because I love sports and I think there is some value in sports. But if it's not for you, then it's not for you. I just hope you find activities of any kind that you enjoy and that make you happy. In saying all that, though, you've been able to throw a ball from such an early age and it's so cool to watch. It's especially cute when you get like a big ball and you can't really grasp it properly. So you kind of end up throwing it backwards. You've got the you've got the action sorted, but it's like the ball is too heavy. So when you 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 pull it back, you kind of think that's the throwing part and it goes crazy backwards and becomes just kind of like a weapon that can take out all kinds of things in the house. I mean, I don't like it in our house, but when it's at Nanny and Poppers, I don't really mind so much. It's it's kind of funny. I don't know. Call me shallow, whatever. But I love it and I'm proud of it. I won't pressure you to do anything and I won't make you try and make up for my lack of talent and drive and for my frustrated athlete ambitions. But yeah, good work, darling. It's really cool that you can do that already. Thing number 10, the way you make us feel. Look, parenting has been hard. I've taken it really badly at times, and I've broken down in so many instances feeling like a failure and a fraud. Life was simpler before you were born. But simplicity isn't so great. Charlie Kaufman makes better movies than Michael Bay, and Greg Gaffin writes better lyrics than almost anyone. People don't enter the Tour de France or the Giro d'Italia because they're simple. And I can tell you from experience that addicts don't get clean because it's easy. I know I speak for both your mother and myself when I tell you that you've given us a feeling that neither of us knew existed before. Well, it's actually more feelings because it's not just love. As I said in the episode where I talked about your birth, love is too simple. It's everything. That emotional tapestry is, is hard at times. It's what makes parenting so challenging and what makes things hurt so much. But it's also what makes the high so dizzying and the banal so meaningful. You've unlocked part of me that I knew was there, but it couldn't have been unlocked in any other way. I will never not be grateful to you for unlocking that tapestry of emotions, because even though I might be a mess, I'm now a grateful, proud, loving and more caring mess. I love you, and I love that I get to call you my daughter, and I love that I didn't know I was incomplete until you showed up in that operating room and melted me in a moment. Fully grown 
You'll grow through this Painful as it is You've always got this shoulder Feeling lonely you come over Ever My My love My My That song was called Ava by British musician Pip Millett, and from the first moment I heard it, I knew I wanted to end this series with it. And this episode has had multiple other songs. Firstly, there was an instrumental cover of Sugar Ross's Hoppy Polar, and that was performed by the British Academy players. There was also a song called You Are My Baby by Kimya Dawson, which I just think is really super sweet. The song playing right now is called Ghost Town Triumph, and that's by Vincent Pajula. And of course, there was All About the Boom by the man, the legend, Mikey Ruckus. Offspring has been written and produced by me, Bevan Morgan, at Momo Studios in the one and only Kirikiriroa Aotearoa. 
I just want to close out with a few special thanks. Thanks firstly to Mike and Phil at 89.03 FM and accessmedia.nz for all their help with this whole project. Thanks to my wife Gemma for staying sane while I got progressively grumpier and grumpier while making this. Thanks of course to my daughter Ava for just being herself, really. And of course, thanks so much to you for listening. You've made this whole thing possible. Hopefully, we'll get to speak again soon. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.